Well, I asked, where's the beef? Let's call this for what this is. Oh my God. <laughs> they are so hopelessly woke. How dare you? <laughs> that is the intellectual capital of the left today. Give me a break. You are now watching the Daily Roundup. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. You have tuned into the Daily Roundup on this, a Wednesday, April 12th, 2023. I'm David Menzies and my co-host. Well, let me tell you a little bit about my co-host. Do you know, folks, today is National Hamster Day. She will not be <laughs> celebrating it, but I think Richard Gere might be. She is the she-devil with a spatula. She is the Khaleesi of BC. She is Drea Humphrey. How you doing there, Drea? I'm good, David. How's everybody else? And what? you know what? You should be like on an alarm clock so people wake <laughs> up and you can tell them what day it is. <laughs> Hamster day. What the heck is that? You know, you know, it's funny you say that. Uh, back in 1998, when it was a pleasurable place to go and visit, I went to Hong Kong in a hockey tournament, if you can imagine. And um, there was this alarm clock and this it was really elaborate. This little thing sort of popped up like a cuckoo and, mm. it, you know, clamored its symbols together and blew uh, it, its trumpet and I think on about the third day, the novelty wore off and I smashed it like I was trying to press the snooze alarm. And it ended that up might in happen. a 38. I could 30. see you being like a jack. Oh, sorry, I cut you off. But I could see you being like a jack in the box kind of like <laughs> alarm. And you just kind of pop out. And you're like <laughs> Drea, I think you have described the worst nightmare for so many people out there. Me as a jack in the box creature. But I got to tell you, what is the difference, by the way? I mentioned Richard Gere. I think he's partial to Germany. Gerbils, not hamsters. Oh, and by the way, National uh, Gerbil Day is July 5th. Yeah, right after the big July 4th Independence holiday. Uh, what is the difference between a hamster or a gerbil? Or maybe can our intelligent audience uh, do a super chat and uh, educate me on this National Hamster yeah. Day? <laughs> I'm not sure. I think gerbils are bigger. Let us know in the super chats. And if you don't know what super chats are, they're a fun way to be a part of this live we do this daily, Monday to Friday, and give you the latest news. And you can join us by doing a super chat on Rumble or on Odyssey with a donation of $5 or more. And then we do our best to read that and hear what you guys have to say. So you can see the info on the bottom there. A hundred percent. And there is always, uh, Drea, so much to get to. And I just got here in the nick of time. I was out in mm -hmm. the field this morning at York Mills Collegiate Institute in Toronto um, they were having what's called a, um, is it International Pink Day or, yeah, International Day of Pink. Uh, mm. I almost misgendered the uh, the holiday. Um, <laughs> uh, and I don't know why, because don't we like reserve the entire month of June for the whole pride shtick? But it was quite incredible, uh, Drea. Um, I jotted down four takeaway points. I I think um, our ace cameraman, Lincoln Jay, already put something up on Twitter of the madness that ensued between the peaceful demonstrators and the not-so-peaceful uh, counter-demonstrators. Um, get a load of this, Dre. We spoke to some students who were out uh, outside the school, and basically the school was very selective of who mm. they would let in to the demonstration. 
Um, so course. in other words, if you were known as someone who subscribes to there are two sexes as opposed to 128 genders and counting, you were not allowed in. So if you're 18, you get out of the school. If you're under 18, they lock them in classrooms, like forcible confinement. Wow. Uh, so again, diversity is our strength, except when it comes to a diversity of opinions. Um, we tried to go into the school, which featured the performance of a drag queen, once again, Drea, uh, drag queens being foisted on minors. I have no issue with drag queens. If you're mm. at a bar and it's the age of majority going in, knock yourself out. You know, uh, I have no problem with that. This compulsion to get next to minors, be it schools, libraries, shopping malls, uh, Scotiabank Arena last week at the Leafs game. This I don't understand and find disturbing. We couldn't get into the school. Andrea, but CBC, CTV, and Global were welcomed in with open arms. Conversely, none of those mainstream media outlets went to, you know, get the real story, which was what was happening outside the, the school, the demonstrators and counter demonstrators. And my last point, and then I want to hear your opinion, because I know this is happening out in your neck of the woods in mm -hmm. Vancouver. Drea, why is it that transgender people and their allies who are all about love Trump's hate. That's what they keep chanting. Why is it that they so often at demonstrations or counter protests self-identify as violent thugs? And why do the police turn the other cheek every time? Because we saw one act of violence break out. It was by, um, well, I mean, the guy looked homeless, but I think he's <clears throat> part of Antifa Light but he was part of the counter demonstration. You can always tell them out, by the way, Andrea, they're still wearing their face diapers outside. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like 2023 is 2020. But I find this most puzzling that the Love Trump's Hate crowd are the first ones, Drea, to throw haymakers. Well, you're absolutely right. Where is this not happening? It's happening everywhere. And at this point, it's become sort of our national religion. That's the way it's being pushed, at least in every nook and cranny in every institution funded by governments. It's outrageous. As far as your comment goes with the face diapers, I think the LGBTQ uh, zealots, I would call them, not just the regular people in that community, but the ones going out and really pushing trans rights or else onto others and their Antifa-like allies, they found the actual purpose for the mass. They're concealing their identity as I would if I was pushing and advocating for the sexualization of children in schools and libraries. Uh, you know, I would probably cover my face. I wouldn't want that to follow me throughout. So they found a really good purpose for those face diapers. You, you know what? That is an excellent point because I think there was, wasn't there some legislation tabled that, you know, you can't conceal your face at a demonstration? I'm going to have to look into that. But I'll tell you, you put a baseball cap on, sunglasses, and a face diaper, and you can be one of 100,000 people. You are completely masked up. But, mm -hmm. Drea, beyond that, um, you know, uh, disguising your identity, I think there's another thing about the masking right now in 2023, now that we know what we know about COVID as opposed to what we didn't know back in 2020. And it's our beloved boss who came up with this observation first, I believe, that is a political symbol right now. Mm -hmm. In this day and age, right. if you are wearing a mask, um, it is saying that I am pro big government. 
I am mm -hmm. pro big lockdowns. I am pro big penalties for those who do not, do not obey and abide by big government mandates. And in that regard, it's like a Muslim lady wearing a hijab, a Sikh gentleman wearing a turban, a Christian wearing a cross. Uh, you know, I'm on team uh, Islam, team Sikhism, team Christianity. That's what I get the vibe of when I see mm -hmm. these people wearing these masks. And one last point, it used to be the left that was so prolific back in the days of classical liberalism that they were out, you know, going back half a century uh, or 60 years ago, um, demonstrating for civil rights, demonstrating against the Vietnam War. And now this same crew, this next generation, they're, they used to demonstrate against the man. Now they are the security guards for the man. Trey, what happened? <laughs> Well, classical liberals are now far right. <laughs> I think they're, it's like 90% of people are becoming far right if you just don't agree with it. Um, and, and the mass, you're right, there's that. The fact that people were basically told they were a hero just by putting this useless diaper on their face, they don't want to let that go. It was, I'm a good person, no matter how bad they are in their life, no matter how much of a coward they are. So they get to wear that symbol and walk around with it. Um, but just backpedaling to the protests that you covered in this, that we're seeing this pattern happen everywhere. You're right. It seems like even young people, I thought that they kind of wanted to sort of rebel against the system, but it seems like the young people are just so pro-government right now. It's actually pretty concerning. Yeah. And I'm wondering, you know, what changed and maybe, Drea, much like what we saw today at York Mills Collegiate Institute, um, they weren't discussing the three R's at school today. It was all about the International Day of Pink. So I see the schools, even mm -hmm. high schools and elementary schools, being not about education, but indoctrination. You know, yeah. that, you know, teachers believe this and they want to, I guess, give propaganda to the new recruits, i.e. the students, the young people. And that's why we're seeing this um, chasm happening in terms of, you know, what they once demonstrated against, i.e., you know, the man, big government, now they're all in. It it kind of terrifies me, uh, Drea, because I would see some of these types being, you know, totally simpatico with something like Bill C-11, for example, that mm -hmm. strikes at our freedom of speech. Yeah, you know, who knows what the outcome of this is going to be. You have this type of stuff, the focus is away from academics. Uh, and then you have AI creeping up where they can just write their essay in a matter of seconds as well. So what is going to happen to the next generation? Um, but also it's just this division. You talked about how the state-backed media was welcomed into the school. And that's, I think, what is really happening. It's this parallel, these parallel universes we live in because of where information comes from. You have the independent media that is free to give people the other side of the story. And then you have the state back that fits to this one narrative and only shows this one glimpse. So you have kids who want to <laughs> stand, who want to fight for something, thinking they're fighting hate, thinking they're standing for justice without actually having the full information. And of course, it's all looking fun. It's all looking exciting. And it's not school. It's not, you're not in class. So why not participate? No, you're 100% right, um, Drea. And the thing is, it, it's kind of a, there's a perverse sense of irony because the mainstream media went into this assembly and uh, I'm sure they're going to report it was a big 
multicolored rainbow spirit unicorn, mm -hmm. kumbaya, love is everything, uh, blah, 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 blah. Meanwhile, um, since they wouldn't come out and counter the protests and the counter demonstration, their narrative, and I'm going to predict this because I haven't seen their coverage yet, of course, because this thing is still going on, is going to be, well, since we didn't film it, it did not happen. You know, right. that is going to be the narrative. It was this big rainbow loving at this school and isn't this great. And meanwhile, just beyond <laughs> the walls, there's this demonstration happening and um, members of the Spirit Unicorn, uh, you know, community throwing fists. So, uh, but you're, but the folks at home that only watch the mainstream media outlets, they're not going to get that side of the story, Drea, because it will not be presented to them. No. So make sure you share our reports. Seriously, it's a, <laughs> it's so important. Even before I was a rebel news reporter, I always made sure to share the reports. Even if you get like a thumbs down or, or people don't answer, if it's an important one like this, where it's so blatant that the other side of the story with this agenda that is moving so quickly. Like no one had heard really about drag queen story times. And now it's in our schools. Like what's yeah. going on here? So where's it going to be in six months? And by the way, since we do believe in giving the other side of the story, I would go to the counter protesters, the Antifa types, and I would ask what brings you out and what do I get? Ad hominem yeah. attacks. I don't speak right, to Nazis. Uh, you're with a <laughs> Nazi organization. And, you know, you ask them, can you please give an example of what makes mm -hmm. us Nazis? I mean, the owner of this company, Ezra Levant, is a Jew. That, that's a pretty bad Nazi <laughs> if you're of the Jewish faith. Uh, my grandfather spent more than five years of his life in the Second World War fighting the Nazis. So, you know, mm -hmm. I don't know how we're linked with people that were hell-bent on world conquest and carrying out a genocide. And Drea... They never have an answer, never a single example. I mean, we're going no. to get to something similar with Elon Musk destroying a BBC interviewer. Oh, it's great. It's great. <laughs> For oh basically saying the same thing. Uh, Twitter's all hateful and Elon Musk says, uh, example, uh, nothing. So, uh, but we will get to that later. Also on the, um, I guess, the LGBT file, but maybe it really isn't because we right. have found out that the world's most infamous shop teacher, that would be Carrie Luc Lemieux, a.k.a. Kayla Lemieux, a.k.a. Busty Lemieux. Busty Lemieux. Who sounds like a vaudeville performer. <laughs> <laughs> Remember his last on-the-record interview, Drea, was with the mm -hmm. New York Post, and he said, shockingly, that they're not prosthetics, they're not props. Those Z-cut breasts with the always erect nipples protruding through the fabric of his skin-tight blouses, they're real. That he, you know, developed a condition, it's a very rare condition, so rare, um, uh, Drea, that only 300 biological women have it, and apparently one biological male, <laughs> it, makes, it makes your breasts go, grow large, uh, super large, so you need surgery to reduce them. Evidently, he's got that. And that gave the Halton District School Board an out. Well, you know, if he's got a disability, if he's, um, you know, if, if, if the, these mm -hmm. are natural, um, right. what can we do? And he also tweeted, you, you, if you go to his uh, Twitter page, it's a descent into madness. Uh, he's talking about he cannot wear a bra to cover up the nipples because bras are too uncomfortable for him. Uh, mm. I'm not making this up. Um, so basically, the HDSB was taking the position, well, you know, 
telling him you're fired uh, would since these are real breasts. Well, mm-hmm. um, that would be kind of like firing, say, a disabled teacher confined to a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. It's amazing these people. Right. So, but they've been just waiting a- this whole time for this excuse to just pop up. It seems that's right. And so, what we had to do, and it was several days and countless hours, and well, it paid off last Thursday, just on the cusp of Easter. We caught Kayla Lemieux as Mr. Carrie Luke Lemieux and something was missing. Let's roll some of that footage. News <laughs> here in Burlington and folks, I'm at the Maple View Mall and this car, guess who it belongs to? Perhaps the most notorious big-breasted shop teacher in the world. Yeah, we're talking Carrie Luke Lemieux, AKA Kayla Lemieux, AKA Busty Lemieux. Now we've been staking out this teacher because you know how it was last reported that those breasts of his, those Z cups, they're not prosthetics. Those are natural breasts that he started developing at age 39. Even if that is true, I still don't understand why you can't dress appropriately. But in any event, we don't know in what persona he went to the mall as. Was it as the male version of Lemieux or the female version, but we're gonna wait here. He's gotta come out sometime. The mall closes in about two and a half hours and we'll be there to see if it's Mr. Miss or other Lemieux. Stay tuned. inappropriately in front of children. Can you believe it, folks? Like a cornered rat, he ran for the hills. He didn't even have the guts to come back to his car. He's abandoned it here. Yeah, um, Drea, so many angles to, you know, attack here. Um, First of all, I just want to say, in full disclosure, I never thought in my journalistic career I would ever utter the query, where are your breasts? (laughs) (laughs) That's why I was laughing. (laughs) So it's one of two things, obviously. One is that um, he lied. These are not real breasts. That's where I would bet the ranch. Or he recently got his Z cups amputated, in which case he made a remarkably quick recovery Mm -hmm. for such invasive surgery. But it's really telling, isn't it, Adrea? He suspected something was up when he saw Lincoln and I in our cars in the parking lot. He, mm-hmm. he knows he's been hunted by the New York Post in the past. The idea that he called an Uber when his perfectly fine functioning Mazda 3 car was right there in the lot and like a rat deserting a sinking ship got out of Dodge, I think that tells you everything. We caught this man in a lie. We caught him committing fraud. Why is he still being employed? And why employed, mm-hmm. Drea, Right now, he's being employed by the HDSB to stay home, full salary, full benefits, presumably full pension if this goes on for another 20 years. Mm-hmm. Drea, how do you make sense of this? Well, first off, I'm not sure if I'm more impressed with your journalism to bring people <laughs> the truth here or that lightning sprint you did to catch <laughs> up with him. Uh, but And I also want to go back to the mask thing because we've seen so many pictures of 
Kayla Lemieux walking around without a mask. But notice when you have something to hide, it's the perfect excuse. So he's disguising his face and then getting an Uber and abandoning his car here. But you're right. You caught him red handed. So it seems what is going to happen now with the school board? And the most important question then is why is this individual dressing like this in front of kids? when he doesn't dress like this on his spare time. That is by far the most concerning thing. That is what the parents deserve to know. And that is what the school board needs to protect its students from. And, and I should tell our viewers, <clears throat> Dre, I'm guest hosting for the Ezra Ben Show. And uh, my monologue will be on this. A, the fact that we caught him red-handed. Um, B, that maybe this is something the HDSB should have done, hired a private detective and catch mm -hmm. him without his brass. Right. Because that means you lied. And that means dismissal with cause, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I've reached out to the HDSB and uh, the Minister of Education, Stephen Lecce. Um, nobody's gotten back to me. They're still protecting this person mm -hmm. who, by the way, in that very same New York Post article, Drea, said he's not trans. So if their fear, is, you know, is that if they're harsh with them, they'll come across as transphobic. That doesn't exist either. But just yesterday, and I'll be part of my monologue, Drea, a viewer passed along photographs dating back to June 2017. So almost six years ago mm -hmm. in Burlington, there he is with the full fake Z cup breasts on. And the reason why I'm pointing this mm -hmm. out, the timeline is very important. There are so many people online that are saying, oh, Rebel News, uh, you're the ones being fooled. This is the most famous prankster of all time right. he's striking out against wokeism no he's not that look at the timeline you're telling me for almost six years he's been dressing up like this that at one point he snuck into a dance recital for little girls aged eight to mm -hmm. 12 with those giant breasts on and it was a private recital no this is someone who i think is a sexual pervert drea or he's he has some kind of fetish because no one is carrying out a prank lasting six that years long. to strike out against woke mm -hmm. school boards. Your thoughts? Yeah, no, I couldn't agree anymore. And it will be interesting to see if those Zed cups magically grow again overnight the next <laughs> time he's spotted <laughs> in public, or if maybe this will be at the end of it now that he's been exposed. But uh, yeah, it's very concerning is all I have to say. And I can't believe, like you said, you're running around. Where are your breasts? <laughs> I'm sitting here scratching my head with almost every report lately. I was really excited at the beginning of this year. I thought, you know what? I think I'll start reporting on AI. And it was like, no, drag queen, drag queen. Like this clown world is spinning and so fast. What season of of clown world are we in? And when and does my character get cut, please? Like. Oh. I, I, I think I think it's clown solar system or even clown galaxy right now. But Dre, yeah. there's one other important point to make, and that is uh, the lack of support for this individual from the trans community itself. They know something doesn't smell right here. And mm. that something is this. If a man was genuinely transitioning into a female, um, you want to blend in with the other sex, don't you? You don't want to stand out as a grotesque caricature of the female form. That's what he's doing. That's part of yeah. his sick fetish. Um, and that's why you don't see the transgender community um, going to bat for him 
Because, indeed, I, I've seen comments online saying this guy set the trans movement back 20 years with this preposterous fraud. So um, the point is, the jig is up, I think. It's mm -hmm. up to the Halton District School Board and or the Ministry of Education to do the right thing and dismiss him. He was caught in a lie, and that's it. I have no sympathy for him. This individual should not be around young children. But why do I get the feeling, Drea, these authorities are going to sit on their hands and do nothing? Absolutely. And uh, on the note of mockery of women, we do have a live chat for those of you tuning in. That's a way that you can connect with us and be a part of the show on Rumble and Odyssey. This live chat is from Court Mark Mocker. <laughs> who donates $10. Thank you very much. And says, everything is run by our courts and they are demonstrably corrupt. How long can the court allow such mockery? So. Well, it, it, you know, I, I'm wondering if that comment is in regard to oh, yeah. transgenderism, because I can tell you and our viewers, Istria, I have a monologue upcoming, which is, uh, it's an absolute scoop for this. We were leaked information uh, about how the transgender training for the Toronto Police Service. And basically yeah. what it boils down to is that uh, we're all to be treated equally, except yeah. trans people must be treated more equally, uh, to use that, uh, to, you know, the, to paraphrase uh, the line from Animal Farm, uh, all animals are equal, except some animals are, are more equal than others. Yeah. It is truly unbelievable. Trans uh, it, supremacy. This is what we're we're dealing with here. Clearly, that's uh, why you know, like you said, we already have Pride Month. Now it's turning into Pride Season, Trans Day, and that's why so much of the news we're talking about is surrounding it. it you're so right, uh, and, and you know, one of the speakers at uh, York Mills Collegiate Institute today, um, Drea, was Sergeant Chevalier. He has a training module on this um, Toronto Police Service, how to deal with transgender people uh, class. And it is like going into a descent into madness, Drea. He speaks of, he has a young nephew or niece, I can't remember which, but he doesn't want to misgender the nephew or niece because what if the niece identifies as a nephew or the nephew identifies as a niece? So he's come up with a made-up word that okay. he's uh, telling the rank and file of the Toronto Police Service to use, which is not nephew, not niece, but nibbling, you see, that, oh. which sounds like a brand of licorice or a brand of canned corn, if you ask me. Oh, my goodness. I mean, Drea, can you imagine? Uh, no. Crime in this city is skyrocketing in every category. And <laughs> here the Toronto Police are being told... If you see a young person and you're not sure of their gender, uh, call them a nibbling. And, wow. uh, I, I, <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> report an officer if they called my child that I'd be like, what are you doing? What are you saying? Oh, my goodness. I don't think there's going to be many officers following that. I, I would hope. I would hope there is a line at some point. So. Yeah. You know what? Um. Next time I'm pulled over, God forbid, uh, for speeding or an illegal turn or what have you, I, I want to see if the rank and file of the Toronto Police Service are, you know, adhering to this training because what it tells them is 
when you ask for the driver's license, you're supposed to ask how they how the, how the person in this case the motorist identifies and what their preferred pronouns are because this that's is this is insanity <laughs> i mean there is a very small percentage of people who identify as trans or non-binary there is an even smaller amount of people who feel like their own limbs don't belong to their body they they literally feel like they need it surgically removed and so are we are we going to adapt to Anybody who has, you know, sort of this outer body experience with who they are. Oh, I could go on. But you know what, Dre? I have some good news. The last subject on our LGBT, et cetera, file for today is uh, Bud Light. Talk about yeah. not knowing <laughs> your audience, um, you know, hiring a transgender individual uh, and putting his face on the cans. Um, I, I said to Sheila, I said, you know, We'll find out maybe in six months. We'll see what this does to Bud Light's market share. Uh, mm -hmm. Bud Light is, by the way, the number one selling beer in America. A couple of years ago, mm -hmm. it overtook the previous number one, which was simply Budweiser. And Drea, forget about six months. Overnight, um, sales of Bud Light have crashed. I understand <laughs> Anheuser-Busch shares, uh, I, I hope this is accurate information, have already gone down 2.5%. So, gee, uh, maybe um, embracing this transgender spokesperson and um, basically vilifying and demonizing your core audience, your core consumers, maybe not such a great marketing strategy after all. Eh? <laughs> and Exactly. And most beer companies, usually their main target audience is men, masculine men, and like drinking beer. And then it's just, it's so out of touch. And I think, again, it comes down to what people are fed online. They believe this is what everybody wants. They believe everybody is following and subscribing to this new religion. And so their their woke marketing company says this is what we need to do need to do, but thankfully the vast majority of people are they've had enough, and not buying something is a very easy way to take a stand for people who maybe are too scared to go on Facebook and do a post. They just don't have to buy it, and that's what we're seeing happening here. Yep, and there he is celebrating day three hundred and sixty five of being a woman. Oh, it kind of looks like every day. Yeah, it kind of looks like. Joker makeup that didn't quite go right on Halloween. Oh, but, you know, goodness. if Super Producer can find uh, the statement by the director of marketing for Bud Light, right. uh, if we could play that, we, we played it the other day. The excuses. Um, I think, let's listen to what she, oh my goodness, I hope I didn't misgender her. Uh, let's look at what this person had to say about this new whiz-bang marketing strategy that, well, uh, it's crapping out big time. Check it out. Businesswoman, I had a really clear job to do when yeah. I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And my, what I brought to that was a belief in 
okay, what is what do, what does evolve and elevate mean? It means inclusivity. It means shifting the tone. <laughs> it means having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm-hmm. And representation and is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of bratty, kind of out of touch humor. And oh. it was really important <laughs> that we had Okay, Drea, first things first, and I mentioned this to Sheila when we first played that um, soundbite of insanity. Uh, she says, I'm a businesswoman. My first question would be, what's a businesswoman or what's a woman for that matter? We <laughs> have a Supreme Court justice south of the border that can't make that definition. And then she says, um, a brand in decline. It's yeah. number one. Uh, it, it, now it's in decline <laughs> now thanks it's in to decline. this businesswoman who came in and had this clear mandate to do. Oh, oh now it's in decline. It, you know, Bud Light is always the go-to grab. It's a classic name. Everybody knew it. And now it's been rebranded. She, she successfully rebranded, not by being inclusive, but by being exclusive, 100%. which is what the problem is here. And Drea, to target the frat boys, you mean those consumers who every weekend are buying cases and cases of Budweiser products? Um, mm-hmm. They're the problem. They're your core market. And uh, finally, you know what I'm upset about, Drea? Um, I wish I could boycott uh, Bud Light, but the fact is I already did boycott the product just based on the merits of the product. I would call Bud Light horse piss, but I'm fearful I'd be insulting the equine community. <laughs> so I was already boycotting it because it's a pretty damn bad beer. But for those who <laughs> like it, and maybe it's the price point, uh, maybe it's the marketing, this piece of marketing, oh, like you said earlier, now we're going to see a decline. Well, that's like me with Nike. People are mad that Nike uh, did a partnership with Dylan Mulvaney as well. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I already boycotted them with all the sweatshop stuff. <laughs> Me <Man>. too. <laughs> Nothing left. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know what, uh, my friend, we're overdue for our first ad break. So let's Rip. take an ad break and uh, then uh, we can get to Trudeau or climate or, well, Trudeau and climate. Uh, they're kind and of, Elon uh, Musk, I hope. <laughs> See you on the other side, folks. Canadians know the national anthem. They stand in silence to remember those who died for this country. But not every Canadian knows their rights and freedoms. The Freedom Passport will change that. It looks and feels like a Canadian passport, but contains the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms in a portable, easy to read format. The Freedom Passport, order one for yourself and for all the freedom lovers that you love at freedompassport.ca. You know, Adrea, I should have brought my little Freedom Passport to York mm-hmm. Mills Collegiate Institute to try to get gain entry into the school, um, <laughs> you know, given that they have a policy. Mainstream media funded by our tax dollars only get to get in. Main, uh, independent media that likes to give the other side strictly for bone. I wonder if even my Freedom Passport uh, could have worked with the, uh, the educrat thugs today, but who knows? Um, well, my friend... Um, oh my, oh my, we were talking about Trudeau and climate and, uh, we have a little video 
of uh, Trudeau calling David Suzuki his friend. And apparently he <laughs> gets a lot of climate advice uh, from his friend, you know, because the world's going to end. It was supposed to end this year, um, according to Greta Thunberg, five years ago, but she deleted that tweet uh, last month. Rhea. Right, yeah. You know, was that premature? I mean, the 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 year still has eight months to go, right? So, <laughs> you know, maybe she is right, but why don't we roll the video and we'll we'll weigh in on the other side. It's It's harder and harder to find people who are flat out denying that climate change is real. There still are a few. <laughs> Many of them conservative politicians, um, but <laughs> he throws that in. You know, farmers seeing their fields more flooded, seeing their growing seasons affected, seeing uh, new pests coming in because of warmer weathers. Uh, you know, engineers having to build differently because uh, the floods are getting more intense when they're building bridges. Like the the challenges and the shifting and the cost of climate change is increasingly real. But at the same time the opportunities as a motivator to deal with climate change are becoming more and more real as well. We're seeing, I mean, because for a long time, people like my friend David Suzuki and others have been telling us, <laughs> if we don't change our ways and protect the environment, the world's going to end. We're all in big trouble. And that has scared a few people into behaving better and being thoughtful, but it hasn't led into to behaving the better. massive shift that we need. Because it's, you know, the tragedy of the commons. It's like, even if I do everything I can, uh, if they're still polluting, I'm going to hurt my own quality of life and we're still going to end up uh, in the toilet uh, as, a, as a planet. So what we've had to do is change the mindset across Ugh. the board. One of the best ways of doing that is to actually put a Propaganda. price yeah. on pollution. That's oh, what we gosh. chose to do. And it was a huge fight when we did that. But yeah. if individuals and families and companies and businesses understand that the more greenhouse gases they emit, the more there's going to be a cost associated with it, that's incentivizing people to change. Now, the problems with prices on pollution is so much of our society these days is you grounded mm -hmm. in things like oil and gas that emit carbon when you burn them, that it brings extra costs for families. Yeah, do you think? You know, Andreas, Blackface uh. has done it again. Uh, he has conflated weather and pollution with climate, which are different things. And by the way, I don't know where the venue was, but I guarantee you those members of the audience, they are members of a blue collar union because Blackface, he did his Mr. Dress Up routine again. He got rid of his jacket. He loosened his yeah. tie. <laughs> yeah, gets the shirt sleeves rolled up. Hey, I'm one of you. Um, you know, Drea, I we are suffering right now. Mm -hmm. uh, inflation is out of control. Interest rates are soaring. Look at the food bank usage. It's um, grown exponentially. And I here's my point. Um, even if you believe that putting a tax uh, on carbon is going to save Canada or save the world. There is an out for Justin Trudeau and his liberals, and that is we are committed to the environment, but 
due to the harsh economic times in which so many mm -hmm. Canadians are in, we are going to suspend the carbon tax so that you have some more money in your pocket. That's mm -hmm. the message that would resonate. But no, uh, it's all about him virtue signaling, isn't it? It is. And what was really concerning to me there was the talk that he's talking about, sort of the psychological spin on what he's doing there. He's talking about, rightfully so, how some of the propaganda messages that they put out scared people into behaving well, behaving well according to whom, right? And he says that's not good enough. Now we have to come after everybody to, in a way, essentially force those who cannot afford these taxes to comply. If that is very concerning language coming from the leader of a so-called free nation, and you're right, there's no focus on how much we are suffering as the individual average middle class family and below right now, but there's also no talk about where the actual, the main emissions are coming from in the world and what can be done about that. And it's certainly not Canada. So. Oh, 100%. I mean, while we're being taxed uh, for, if you look at Alberta, that is Ethical Oil. I urge everyone to read the book of that very title, e Ethical Oil by Ezra Levent. Mm -hmm. um, we're being taxed to death. And yet you see the likes of China adding hundreds of coal burning plants per year in their country. I mean, how does that make any sense? Um, and also the rhetoric of Trudeau, if we don't do this, we're going to end up in the toilet. Um well, mm -hmm. blackface won't end up in the toilet. We know he likes to stay at $6,000 a night hotel rooms when he goes over to Europe. So, uh, yeah, one rule for thee, one rule for me. And another disturbing video, Andrea, it's David Lametti. And uh, he's so committed uh, to um, his agenda when it comes to natural resources, uh, he might actually seize control over those upstart prairie provinces uh, when mm. it comes to their national resources industry. Let's see what the uh, justice minister has to say. From Chief Brian, also from Chief Don Maracle, uh, the, the point about the, the natural resources transfer agreement, um, Chief Merkel did it indirectly, uh, Chief Brian did it directly. Um, and you're on the record for that. I obviously can't pronounce on that right now, uh, but I do commit to looking at that. Um, it won't be uncontroversial is, uh, is the only thing I would say with a, a bit of a smile. Oh, a bit of a smile. What is he, uh, a sadist, a masochist? I yeah, mean, what like, the heck is that all about? Like, they're not even hiding their fangs anymore. They're just, like, delivering it, like, with it, a bit of a smile. What a creepy thing to say. You know, it is so typical, Dre, of this government. First, we try to seduce you with the carrot and uh, mm -hmm. give the mainstream media as an example. Uh, we're going to pay you off in the hundreds of millions, more than a billion point five for CBC, Twas Ever Thus. And then for those upstarts like Rebel News and other independent media outlets, uh, if you don't uh, subscribe to the sugar daddy's candy, well, then we're going to legislate you out of business with censorship mm -hmm. bills like Bill C-11. And what Lametti is saying is that uh, they could seize control over those mm -hmm. prairie provinces that don't play nice with the uh, federal government. And I think that is a clear and present danger for the Prairie Provinces, uh, Drea, because they tend to vote overwhelmingly conservative. 
the liberals don't care about the West. Their voter base is the, you know, Ontario, Quebec, you know, the Laurentian elites. So if they did something unpopular in the prairies, well, um, they're not going to, you know, suffer at the ballot box for that because they're already rejected out West as it is. Absolutely. It looks like the leader of the opposition, Pierre Polyev, says Trudeau's justice minister, he says what happened with the threatening to overturn the Constitution and take federal control over provincial resources. He says, I'll never allow this attack by the costly coalition on our prairie resource workers. I'll put Westerners in control of their resources and lives. And of course, Premier Daniel Smith from Alberta also spoke out about it and said, obviously, that she is totally against this, that Alberta will not stand for it. And I think Jordan Peterson even piped in on the matter uh, and tweeted to Premier Smith saying, you know what, it's time to separate something along those lines. I don't know if we have that handy, but this is very concerning um, it's very dictatorship. There's the tweet there. He says, reject, rebel, separate if necessary. You, you know, you raise a good point there, Drea. Um, if there was to be a referendum held in Alberta, much like uh, there were two held in Quebec in yesterday for independence, uh, I wonder if they get the 50% plus one vote in favor of separating being their mm. own nation. Um, I wonder if there is that much uh, discontent to this federal government that uses and abuses this province so badly. How do you think that vote would go if it were held today? Well, I don't know if they would get what they need, but I think if things keep up in this way, it's it's not impossible. Yeah. Well, I know our beloved colleague, Sheila Guthrie, she's yeah, definitely she, voting yes, right? Yeah, be, I might have to move, you know. I was actually born in Alberta. Maybe I get a free pass. I guess I would. Yeah, you know, and uh, I uh, I got my journalistic start in uh, the province of Alberta. I enjoyed it there. I just wish it had the weather of the glorious free state of Florida. And then that'd be a no-brainer. I'm packing my mm -hmm. bags. But when Sheila yes, talks about getting minus 35 in the month of April, <laughs> that yeah. kind of uh, makes it uh, a no deal. Um, why don't we move on? We, we talked about this very briefly. It's Elon Musk owning big time a reporter with the BBC regarding hate speech. Folks, you got to see this video. It is so cringeworthy for the reporter that is total massacre <laughs> Hunter, you don't like or or hateful what do you mean to describe a hateful thing yeah i mean you know just content that will solicit a, a reaction something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist those kinds of those kinds of things so you think if I, something is slightly sexist it should be banned I, no, is that I'm what not, you're saying? I'm not saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. What you, I'm, just, I'm trying to say what you mean by hateful con content, and I'm asking for specific examples. Um, and if, and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more. That's but, why I'm asking for examples. Can, right. you, can you name one example? I, I honestly don't need, I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't name I, a single example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. You said actually, you, a lot of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, I, I only, well, I only well, look hang at my, on a second. You said you've seen more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last 
three or four weeks. And I well, then how did you see that hateful content? content? <laughs> because I've been I've been using I've been using Twitter since you've taken over for the last six months. Okay, so then you must have at some point seen before you hateful content. I'm asking for one example. Right, and you I, can't I, give a single I, one. I, I, and, and I'm saying I, then I, I say, sir, that you don't know what you're talking about. Really? Yes, because you can't give me a single example of hateful con content, not even one tweet, and yet you claimed that the hateful content was high. Well. That's a false. No, what I claimed. You just lied. What, no, no, what I claimed was, uh, there are many, uh, organizations that say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether, whether it has on my feed or example. not. I mean, I, right. And Literally if you, you look at something one. like the, the uh, strategic dialogue, uh, institute in the, U in the UK, they will say that. So they, look, it's, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example and you can't name one. Right. And as, as I've already said, I don't use that feed, but let's, well, then how let, would you know that? I don't think this is getting anywhere. You literally said you experienced more hateful content and then couldn't name a single example. Right. And as I said, I that's absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually looked at that feed. And how would you know this hateful content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time. Oh. Oh, blimey. Love it. Uh, oh, Drea. Oh, um, I was beginning to feel sympathy for, you know, it's kind of what we get on the I field. I don't. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying I don't. Go on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what am I saying? Um, I'm back to my <laughs> usual cynical self, though. But as I said earlier, when we went to that, you know, the pro drag queen demonstrators and they're calling us um, Nazis, they're calling us um, homophobes, I go, well, Give us an example. Yeah. Oh, there are too many to choose from. Oh, no. Like Elon <laughs> Musk. Just one. One. Right. Uh, yeah. uh, oh, there's, uh, it's impossible. Uh, you know, never go into an interview. You know, I'm telling this to all the future journalists yeah. out there. Making an accusation without mm -hmm. having the background facts to back up that accusation, as that reporter failed to do. I mean, what are we to take from that? Uh, he says there's more hate on Twitter, but he hasn't been reading his Twitter feed. So, Drea, is he a telepath? <laughs> He's picking up the hate <laughs> without <laughs> logging on to Twitter? Well, what a was car accident. To, oh, it was so brutal. It was hard to see. If you didn't know who these people were, were you would think that Elon Musk was the journalist in that little bit. <laughs> yes. But you're right. And, and it's, the inability to define hate is also similar of the inability to define what a woman is. They're so used to throwing these things out that they hear over and over and over that they think that they don't have to define them or understand what they are anymore. And when they get cornered, they can't even narrow it down and do it. And you're right, as a journalist, if you're gonna bring anything up, even if it's not even an accusation, you need to know what you're talking about. If you can't give one example, he keeps saying, well, oh, I'm not using it anymore after throwing it out there, well, it's your job, if you're going to do this interview, to use it and see for yourself what you're about to talk to this person about. And, oh, Elon Musk did, did such a good job slaughtering him. And he didn't even come off awkward. A lot of times he comes off awkward. <laughs> he just smoothly massacred that journey. Oh, he, he was a surgeon in that clip. And yeah. you got to ask, what was the unspoken strategy of that BBC journalist to paint uh, Elon Musk as allowing hate uh, to flourish on Twitter. Could it be because, as I understand it, uh, unless it, it's, it's been done already, isn't the BBC going to be described on Twitter as government-funded media? 
Um, mm. I believe they're talking about that for the CBC. And I understand, I believe the BBC per year in American dollars, they got something like $4.7 billion. I mean, they, they make the CBC <laughs> look like a, a Sally Ann operation, for goodness <laughs> sakes. So do you think, Drea, maybe that was why they were on the attack? They're so offended uh, for Elon Musk telling the truth, because I'm sorry, if you're getting over $4 billion US a year to fund your media uh, uh, platform, you are government funded, period. Period is right. And yes, I'm sure a lot of um, you know, outlets heads are popping over the matter. But I am surprised that they actually aired that. So <laughs> I'll give them some credit for not cutting that part out. And I'm, I'm sure maybe Elon was recording in the back. You never know. But the fact that they aired it just shows how ridiculous. And yeah, I think um, I think it's great that Twitter's doing it. Feel free to put independent media on, <laughs> on Rebel News if you'd like. Um, but it's about time that people really notice that distinction because long are gone are the days where you can just go, okay, it's mainstream media. They're doing everything they can to make sure they communicate both sides of the story to the public. You know what? Uh, you make a great point that they aired that train wreck. I, and I don't know. I'm just asking, What was this perhaps a live interview? Um, so there was no choice of, uh, you know, it going out there and somebody recording it. Uh, because you're right. If I'm the BBC, um, that footage is, as they say in Hollywood, it's ending up on the cutting room floor <laughs> because <laughs> the, that was so um, disturbing to see. I mean, I'm squirming watching this reporter yeah. trying to make his point. And like you said, it was a, a Elon Musk, Drea, that was coming across as the veteran reporter in that clip. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Um we are we shortly running out of time, but uh, do we have um, any more Super Chats before I get to we, what might be a live update? Sure, we have one we more. Do. We have, yeah, we have one more from Aaron Burton, 32, who donates $10. Thank you very much. Says, congrats on finally catching Busty. I can't believe it deserted it deserted its car. <laughs> I think all of all of the wacko trans people should use pronouns it and that. Well, I don't necessarily agree with that, but I have heard that some of them are starting to use pronouns it and that, which seems awfully degrading. But you know what? Maybe Drea, we should just use the term humanoid. Um, because <laughs> we are of a humanoid shape and that, you know, gender identity and sexual orientation are not part of the humanoid uh, description. Maybe that's what we should go for, for non-offensive speech. I can tell you sometimes when I'm dealing with transgendered individuals, and I'm not making a joke, Dre, I swear to God, I can't <laughs> tell if they're male or female or identifying as male or female. So instead mm -hmm. of getting the interview off in the wrong foot with saying sir or ma'am and misidentifying them, I just say, well, my friend, what brings you out to this <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. It's, it's a skill. It is a skill <laughs> to practice journalism, uh, standing in truth and reality, but also not misgendering. Trust me, it's, it's a very it, difficult thing, it, as it, you know. It truly is, because <laughs> we know from experience, it does not take a lot to trigger these folks. Folks, mm -hmm. there's another 
non-gender, non-sexual orientation. Because <laughs> don't ever say you guys. Evidently, that is highly offensive. Oh, my it, gosh. And yeah. that I say you guys all the time. <laughs> it drives too. my colleague to marry Ugolini crazy. She doesn't <laughs> like that I say you guys. It's like, it's just me. So I say it. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to just check with super producer Olivia. Do we have a live update regarding the Whistle Stop Cafe disclosure? Okay, we, we do not. Uh, that. Okay, then. And um, I believe uh, is, that is, um, is that Ezra's assignment or uh, Sheila's? Oh, both together. So, folks, keep oh, your eyes tuned to uh, the Whistle Stop Cafe uh, there in court in Red Deer. Um, apparently, the uh, public health units have a vendetta against those businesses that dared to defy their authority and open up. And uh, it's despicable. And um, we're keeping a close eye on this. We've got our top talent there with Ezra and Sheila. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Uh, I guess we have time for one other um, subject. I'm looking over the list so much here. Oh, Sam Cooper reports. This is interesting, Drea. More emerging on the upheaval at the Trudeau Foundation, La Presse is citing sources alleging conflict of interest and lack of transparency from foundation members that accepted massive PRC-linked checks. Now it turns out uh, the name on it does not look legitimate. Treya, this is just getting worse and worse. Oh, it is. To no surprise. Yes, Sam Cooper has quoted here from the La Press says the reason given by the foundation in the official press release released on Tuesday, the politicization of this donation from China is a bunch of lies. One of the resigning board members told La Press. Um, so it looks uh, as though. I'm trying to find where it says it, but you're right. There, There's no name attached to who the donation was made out to, if I'm correct here. Here it says, um, the true donor in quotation, quotation marks, uh, the name did not appear anywhere in the foundation's books. Such reimbursement would therefore have been unlawful. So I guess they weren't able to do the reimbursement because there's no name and they couldn't find uh, the name. It's all new. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe there's new board of directors, the ones that uh, they're asking for information. I'm probably brutally. Okay, I'll read it. <laughs> so eight members of the board of directors who were not on it at the time of the donation was made to the foundation, then called for an independent investigation to be carried out. They also asked the members of the board of directors who sat on the foundation at the time to recuse themselves from any discussion on the subject since they were in obvious conflict of interest. And then a little further down, it says there are people at the foundation who have been around too long and have become way too involved and independent investigation would have determined who the donor was if there were if there were any conditions attached to those sums. So basically, it just seems like it's been covered up completely. And, you know, so, Drea, the question is, much like the Chinese interference story uh, that is thankfully not going away, but it seems to be not on the front burner these days. I don't know why. It's an attack on our democracy. And it's this. When it comes to blackface, when did he know about the interference? 
That's mm -hmm. the first question. And number yeah. two is, were you complicit in the interference? And those questions could be applied to the uh, Pierre Trudeau Foundation uh, as well. Um, this pantomime that he's doing, oh, you know, it's just this organization. It's uh, I have nothing to do with it, even though um, friends and family members are on the board and mm -hmm. interact uh, with the Trudeau Foundation. Are you kidding me? And again, I mean, this should really be a much bigger story than it is, um, right. Drea. What if this foundation was called the Stephen Harper Foundation and we found these links to communist China and these massive donations and signatures that uh, look to be uh, a, a fraud, uh, uh, what are you called again when you fake a signature? Fraud, uh, fraudulent. Fraudulent, thank you. Uh, but they clearly do not follow any of the rules. It's it's like Marco uh, Pinocchio, I mean, Mendicino, when um, he backdated a contract months ago, I thought that was a huge scandal, virtually no press. Um, we know as journalists covering Trudeau that when his office sends out a press release, they are obligated, unless it's a private retreat day, to say where the venue is. Mm -hmm. And they don't say. They say no. the city, and the time, but not the venue. That is a clear violation of the Ethics Act. And it, it's they don't care. They routinely no. do this. And the only reason, Drea, we know, is they don't want anti-Trudeau protesters to show up and ruin the photo up. But um, they don't want us there to yeah. ask a question. And, and to yeah. think in 2015, uh, Blackface promised that this was going to be the most transparent government in Canadian history. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's the precise opposite, isn't it? Oh, it is. And it's how many scandals does it take to get a prime minister out of the office? Like, how many? Uh, this is ridiculous. People are all focused on Trump and what he did God knows when. And it's like we have Trudeau walking around doing his, uh, you know, queen wave to people. Um uh, you know we what? We do have one more super chat before oh. we end. Okay, then. Uh, it's from I am Bruski. Familiar name. Thank you very much. Donates $5 and says, Trudeau thinks credit cards are great as he recommends. So I think that this was one we missed from last week or yesterday, sorry. So maybe you understand what that's referring to. Um, Trudeau thinks credit cards are great as he recommends. Hmm. Well, I don't know about that, but maybe um, I, I think uh, Christian Freeland, uh, the Minister of Finance, if those amongst us are whining about the carbon tax going up again, she gave us the recipe to balance the books, uh, namely cancel your Disney Plus subscription like she did. Right. You know what? I bet she didn't. I, you know, I have no proof, but I bet she did Her not. Her kids do that. are old. <laughs> Her kids are old. That's why she's canceling it. They oh, probably baby. aren't even watching it anymore. <laughs> you know, there comes an age where you're like, ah, oh, this isn't my thing anymore. And she's like, this is the sacrifice I've done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right again, Drea. Well, listen, I see we're a few minutes past the hour, so we got to wrap it up here. So thank you so much, Drea, for jumping in today and to super producer Olivia and to everyone that tuned in, especially those amongst you who gave a super chat. Greatly appreciated. Oh, Saved by the Bell, we have one more chat. We'll always make time okay. for that. <laughs> From Brettval51, thank you very much for your $5 donation, says Trudeau, or maybe that's supposed to be Trudeau, needs a high school lesson 
trees live on CO2, get rid of the C2 and everything dies. It will certainly be extremely hard to grow food. Well, Drea, you know. this is the same prime minister who once infamously said the budget will balance itself, quote, end quote. I'm not making this up. I still, to this day, it's where, what, six years later? What did he mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> it just sounds good. It just rolls yeah, off I know. the tongue, so. It sounds yeah. idiotic to me, so... I guess if the shoe fits, right? Okay, well, folks, we got to wrap it there. I will be back here uh, tomorrow at 1 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, likely with uh, either Sheila or Tamara. And in the meantime, as always, stay safe and stay sane. Bye, everyone. Why should you join Canada's National Firearms Association? We currently have one of the most aggressively anti-firearm governments in our nation's history, promoting fear and placing blame like never before. Our rights, freedoms, culture, and heritage, it's all on the line. But we are fighting back, and there is strength in numbers. We work within the law to change the law, to defend competitors, hunters, collectors, and other law-abiding firearms owners. We can get through this. We've done it before and we'll do it again, if you are with us. Canada's National Firearms Association. Freedom, safety, responsibility, 